We're back at it for another installment of our midweek conversation with our Soul Care series. This week we're talking about communal presence at Soul Care and we are uh, have the gift of having two people in the room. I wish you guys could see us right now. We are in a size room at what? Two feet by three feet? Yeah, about that. About that. It's getting steamy in here too. We are knee to knee right now. <laughs> no AC. We're doing it, but it has great sound quality. That's sacrificial love right there. Great communal uh, presence. <laughs> yeah, I feel very, very connected right, to y'all. Practicing what we preach. So I am here with two different people from that uh, are connected to our community. We have Gabe and Kyle. Why don't y'all share a little bit about your bio, maybe by sharing how you spend your days. Yeah, my name is Gabe McKinney. Uh, I'm a first husband to Tasha, who's also a Covenant community member. We moved over to Austin in 2020. We live in Hyde Park, and so I'm an avid uh, Hyde Park, I think, walker and biker. I even biked here to this place, this small closet, communal presence closet. Um, <laughs> I can smell. Yeah, yeah. I can smell. <laughs> um, I think just, I love, I think just I put it in play and cooking and music like any maybe good Austinite. And then uh, I spent a lot of my time leading Bucks. It's a national Christian fraternity. Bucks, I'd say in the Greek translation, it's Beidou Psan Kai in the, the ESV, that's Brothers Under Christ. Um, <laughs> and essentially it's a, it's a college campus, 35, cam- 35 campuses across the nation, 2,300 college guys. You get to lead a team of seven teaching men how to walk with Jesus and have a ton of fun and be healthy while doing that. So that's a lot of my days. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm Kyle Bender and um, married husband to Morgan. And we are spend a lot of our days chasing around our three daughters. So we have three girls, middle school and elementary. And so uh, I, I feel like half the time I'm an unpaid Uber driver just driving around. Mm-hmm. Uh, spend a lot of time in the car listening to behind podcasts. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the rest of my day, I'm a, a therapist. And so I see clients in South Austin and Lakeway work with um, individuals, couples, families, and adolescents 15 and up and just get the privilege of kind of intersecting with their life for a little bit and walking alongside them. So, Well, I'm really excited about this conversation, in particular with both of you, your experiences, personality, and the fact that I feel uh, a deep friendship with both of you. So I'm excited about that. On Sunday, we talked about uh, many different things, but one thing that we talked about was this idea that we're living in a time of friendship recession where we've seen in our society a great decline in the quality and the amount of friendships and relationships that people typically have in the American culture. What do you see to be some of those contributing factors to the loss of relationship? Yeah, we, you know, we talked about some of those on Sunday, just, and I I think since that time, I've been thinking a lot about just this macro environment, um, that it feels like such a pressure cooker moment, especially for relationships. Um, and one way I've been thinking about that is, you know, this was, at one point it was a complicated world where when things are complicated, you put a couple of good people in a small closet together and we can solve the world's problems. <laughs> um, but now we live in more of a complex world and it just feels like when you pull on one string, you pull about five others. Mm-hmm. And, and so after, and was, I was thinking after Sunday, just about friendships that, you know, this is this pressure cooker moment where the world is changing in such a way that it's just really hard adapt to adapt to the rate of change. And then you've got technology that mm-hmm. promises connection, but really half the time, it takes a lot of intentionality to make it about connection and not disconnection. Um, when a world's changing that fast, 
ideological and political divides come into play and, and we sort of try to simplify things. And, and so, yeah, I've just been thinking about the pressure cooker of this current moment for relationships and friendships that there's a lot to na navigate, a lot of complex issues, a lot of things that are drawing our attention and our hearts and we're trying to make sense of it, but the world's in some ways changing faster than we can adapt. Hmm. And so, yeah, I've just thought a lot about the, the tension of, of this current moment and, and it feels like relationships are, are like being sacrificed mm -hmm. in the name of just trying to sort of survive what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. My world is the college guy world a lot and seeing young guys try to step into friendship with each other through fraternity. Uh, I would say the couple of res friendship recession things, technology is an easy one. I think we all feel it and understand it. I heard someone, there's a quote, um, devotion starts with attention. And when there's something, a technology that's grabbed for my attention so much, I've given it so much attention once COVID hit, and now I'm having to relearn how to give my attention to people and to Jesus to, so that there will be greater devotion. I think that's that's just going to be the fun. I'm not saying you need to go like delete Instagram, so we need to put it in its right place. And I, I just enter a lot of rooms, and myself notice a lot of moments where I'm giving up a moment with a person because I've let my attention slip and then get mm -hmm. caught and get like a just deep hook into Instagram or somewhere. I think mm -hmm. that's one. And then I think another, I was doing some just research and thought on this as well. And I, there was a term, uh, it was learned loneliness. It's like we've, we've learned how to be okay with being lonely. Mm -hmm. uh, that in COVID, uh, it gave us a moment to, some people to breathe, rest. Some people it was really painful, but overall we learned how to be we, we learn loneliness and mm -hmm. we think we just learn to accept that that's a unfulfilled need and then what happens is the pain and the effort that you have to go to go make friends can actually like push you back just straight into the learned loneliness we have so there's almost it feels like i'm watching myself and the guys i serve have to learn how to unlearn loneliness and relearn the uh, entry into friendship and even the awkward moment intention <laughs> past like casual friendship into deeper friendship mm -hmm. So Jesus seemed to long for us to experience a deep kind of friendship with others. And in many ways, this deep friendship, this soul friendship that Jesus seemed to call his followers towards is actually distinct from more of the casual type of friendships that we might think of when we think of friendship. Kyle, you just used the word companion. What is, so for me, I'm trying to think through how is spiritual friendship different from more of the casual type of friendship that we imagine when we think of friendship in our society today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know how it's different. I think one of the things that, um, you know, I think about even being this close to you guys in this closet here <laughs> is um, there, there's an honesty that, that makes relationships. Um, and there's an honesty of being, and one of the things that I think might be somewhat unique, I don't know for sure, um, but is that I know right now that I don't question either one of y'all's value or worth, and that on some level you don't question mine, in part because we're informed by a faith that says we have value and worth in the fact that we are created in the image of God, in the image of the divine. And so there's, there's sort of an honesty of getting to be with one another. Um, that I feel in some of the deeper relationships that I have in my life, especially where we can share that kind of reality. And so therefore we get to be honest with each other about life, but just honest in each other's presence um, because we know that we are valued and loved mm -hmm. and cared for at a, at a core level. Yeah, and I'll 
beyond, I think spiritual is a necessary word, can sometimes be a challenging word because I do think even casual friendship is a piece of spiritual friendship, that there is a guy working through the like fun, some of the, the fun, the laughter, the shared just moments together that don't feel necessarily spiritual. But I do think there is a level of spiritual friendship that has greater depth. It's like, we're not just, we're not, there's not untouched subjects here. How are we going to actually open up our lives to each other? I think that comes from how do we be Jesus to you and how do I receive Jesus from you? How does, what does friendship look like when Jesus calls us to bear with one another, to forgive one another? So I'm going to play by a Jesus set of rules versus maybe like a culture world set of rules where maybe Mark and Kyle wronged me. They just punched me in this closet today. But, uh, (laughs) The calling of Jesus is like a calling of forgiveness and a calling of just a different set of rules of how I interact with people. And I think it starts with the value piece, like regardless of if I think you're cool or easily we relate easily, I know you're worthy. And then from there, knowing you're worthy, the way we interact, it's going to hopefully play out differently. So I think that part, that's part of a spiritual friendship, the, the worthiness thing, the like ha- the operating tactics. Um, and, and forgiveness, a huge part of that. Um, and I, I, I think from there we, we go, we can get into the details of it. Like, man, in a spiritual friendship, there's probably going to be levels of just, I'm going to f- confess to you. I'm going to open myself up to you. I think Psalm 133, one is this verse we use a lot in my world of uh, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity, not just brothers, that term is brothers and sisters, the family of God dwelling together. It's good. So we're made for it. And then it's pleasant, like it's actually, it like tastes good. It's like, it's, it's pleasing, it's, it's enjoyable. And so, yeah, I think that's, I, I think it's, I want to parse it, but I also want to like say, hey, I think the casual stuff is still good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, when I look at what Jesus did with relationship, even what we talked about on Sunday, that passage of when Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you uh, to go and bear fruit. And uh, I, I wonder if that, I chose you is that I chose y'all, <laughs> you know, like I chose you together. Um, because what's, what's profound about a spiritual friendship is it is a sense of deep belonging, even though we might be segmented into different tribes or groups outside of church world or outside of Christian community and a deep sense of belonging that actually defies the labels of our culture. Um, that goes down to like what you Kyle, what you said earlier, just like a deeper sense of being created in the image of God. And so we honor that in each other. Um, so spiritual companionship, I think, should blur the lines between us and them that we find in our culture, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about the danger going it alone. We've talked about friendship recession, but let's talk about the positive side of it for a little bit. What has been the gift of community in your life? What has it meant to you? I'll use a, a verse and then another story from scripture and then share. So the ver- verse is Hebrews 3.13. It says, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So I'll first say, um, I think one of the greatest gifts of communities that for, to me has been not letting me get hardened, mm. like a hardened heart, a hardened life, a hardened perspective. Uh, I just, I, it will call me into Ephesians talks about like a spirit life is you're tender hearted mm-hmm. or when you hear the voice of God, do not harden your hearts. And I think the, the blessing I've had is that I found in my 
classic like the deconstruction Christian journey that I was becoming pessimistic and I would be more overly critical and not be able to celebrate and through community both like beautiful positive and then some people who are willing to, to call me out of it I am mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just a softer more tender-hearted man that I feel like is more free and more alive because of that and I think that the yeah I think the hardening of us is a just one of the most dangerous things <clears throat> I can relate to that I have no doubt that a big reason I am who I am today is because I'm constantly being shaped by a community um, and it's the kind of shaping that I'm grateful for. You know, friends like Mark, who have just constantly been agents of grace in my life. We were talking earlier about that idea of belovedness. Like, that's not always an easy one to believe. Um, and sometimes I'm surprised in community when people are like, oh, no, you're, you're worthy of that. Uh, and so community has always been a place of reminder of my worth, of my value, even though sometimes it's hard and it's difficult, but, like, ultimately it's a step back in the 30,000 foot view. That's what I see. And that has made me like you were talking about, like I'm tenderhearted. My capacity love has grown and been cultivated in community. Um, that that's, I know that's hundred percent true. Uh, just based on the story of my life, it could have gone a many different directions and it was people and friends and relationships. And on Sunday we talked about the flip side of that. We're hurt in relationships, but we also heal in relationships mm-hmm. and that dichotomy um, the community that I've been able to found and, and cultivate has been a community that has healed a lot of those mm-hmm. other hurts. Um, but that's that's a challenge of it as well. So perhaps like a, a, a purpose and a gift for community is to surround yourself with people that remind you who you truly are mm-hmm. and cut through the noise of the, what, the, what this world might try to convince us our value and our identity is. And for me personally, there's been times where friendships have been necessary to cut through the voice of the enemy that's present in my life that speaks grace and mercy to remind me who I am. Um, that's a gift of community. Yeah. I think the greatest, you know, John Mark Comer said in his book, one of his books, the greatest tools of the enemy is loneliness and lies. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like presence and truth that, that is often felt through people. Like mm-hmm. we often hear the voice of God, feel the presence of God through people. Um, that can go wrong too, right? I'm not saying the, right. the models that I've given of, Good, goodness receiver all that like be- community is the most beautifully messy thing mm-hmm. um, but it's worth it like you said on Sunday alright so what would you say to the person who has experienced real hurt in the context of church or in the relationships with Christians I mean because we were talking about this is the ideal but then there's reality which there's a you know, like you said, Kyle, we we heal through community, but we're also, you know, hurt through community. So what would you say to that person um, and what practical steps or words of encouragement would you give them? I think the first thing I would say is just, I believe you. Right. Like, I believe you. I believe it's happened. And not because I'm cynical of the church or cynical of even humanity, um, but we're just not naive anymore. And we know that, that this happens, and we know that there's been abuse of relationships in places. And I think part of that formula that's hard, and we've been t- talking about this and all these other aspects, is places of trust and vulnerability is where friendship and community flourish. And places of trust and vulnerability is where abuse happens. Right. And so mm-hmm. for, for those of you who experienced that, like, I believe you, and I'm sorry, and... 
the fact that those two things that I just said are true make this really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I grieve that for you. Uh, because, yeah, your nervous system is going to remember the hurt in relationship and want to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a part of you, too, that longs for some of the community we've talked about. And that's a that's a challenging place to be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's beautiful. God, I don't know how to... God is near to the brokenhearted, and I feel the first response is compassion. I like, I, I, I hear you, I believe you, and I've been there, too, I think. And yeah. the, I don't want to lessen the difficulty of entering into community and friendship at all, uh, and especially someone who's been hurt. But I want to, like, as gently as possible, say, like, and I'd say, like, hey, continue to remember you're invited into a place that has the potential for healing, has the potential for freedom. There's an invitation there that's worth, I think, stepping into, even though we may have to start by praying for the strength and faith to step into it. And then once we step into it, we may have to be careful with who we give trust to. Uh, I do think there's a difference of I forgive you and I trust you. I think there can be given forgiveness, but then I don't think you automatically give trust always to the people you've been hurt. So I think there is a level of um, stepping in gently and carefully and thoughtfully. And um, I hope I, I hope that we as a community and like just the greater Christian community is, is continues to get better at acknowledging and believing the hurt and then um, not pressuring it or forcing things into community that we will understand the natural process of friendship and community and a lot of that comes from the pace of Jesus that we have mm-hmm. to lean into. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm heartened by the fact that when Jesus created the community, he did so, you know, after his death and, and his resurrection from the grave, Jesus came to his followers who were fragile, afraid, confused. And one of the things that I think helped bring about healing and actually created a particular type of community was the fact that he still bore the wounds of being uh, exploited, uh, being rejected. And it's so our wounded savior has created us a community that honors wounds. Uh, but then I also think, but also works against the wounding of others. And so for those of us who have experienced pain from Christian community and church, part of our role is not just to be the victim or survivor, but it's also to create a church where we don't tolerate that kind of wounding. Mm-hmm. And so we bring about justice. We ensure that we try as hard as we can to not live with hip- hypocrisy. Uh, we create a safe place of deep belonging as we put the way of Jesus in the middle of our community. And so for me, there's the proaction of like, to like, to like what you said, Kyle, to like believe the wounding of other people and then the redemptive work of creating a community that honors that wounds and seeks to not <laughs> perpetuate it anymore, right? So let me close with reading a verse and sharing a prayer. This is 1 Thessalonians 2.8, and it shares Paul's prayer for a community there in Thessalonica. Paul wrote, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So the, my prayer for our community uh, is that we would love each other, be a, such a belonging to one another, that we would be delighted to not only share the good news of Jesus, but we would be a community that we have learned to share our lives as well. And I hope and pray that you can experience that in your own life today through this community. Kyle and Gabe, thank you so much for this time.
Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Do y'all want to stay in this closet a little bit longer? I do, actually, yeah. No, I'm ready to get out. Let's get out of here, yeah. yeah. <laughs>